It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Did you know that the Lord refers to his eternal bride as the Shulamite? It's a name given to God's people only one time in the entire word of God. In Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 13. But before I dig into the revelation, the treasure of that insight into who we are in Christ, I've got to share with you the nature of that very unique book, the Song of Solomon. It's primarily an interchange of conversations between the bridegroom, who is also depicted as a shepherd and a king, and his espoused bride. Now, the bridegroom, of course, is representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our shepherd king bridegroom. And the bride of the Song of Solomon is representative of the bride of Christ. Now, who does that include? I believe that the bride includes all of those who have been married to God in a covenant relationship under the old covenant and under the new covenant, all those who will be married to him eternally and be a part of that bridal city, New Jerusalem. If you remember when John conveyed what he saw in the book of Revelation, he heard a voice saying, come, and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he saw new Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. And so all of those who will make up that eternal capital city of a new creation are a part of his Shulamite bride. Now let me read Song of Solomon chapter 6, verse 13. But no, before I read it, I need to explain to you the characters in the Song of Solomon. As I mentioned, you have the bridegroom, representative of Jesus. You have the bride, representative of us, those who have been born again and are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But you also have a third set of voices. There is a choir that makes comments from time to time called the Daughters of Jerusalem. And it's actually the daughters of Jerusalem who make this statement in Song of Solomon 6.13. Return, return, O Shulamite. Return, return, that we may look upon thee. And then she responds, what do you see in the Shulamite? And the response is, as it were, the company of two armies. Now that's in the King James Version of this passage of Scripture. Now, that kind of grabs my attention because this is an espoused bride. And if you were trying to compliment someone about to get married, dressed up in their beautiful bridal gown, you wouldn't say, honey, you look like two armies coming down the road. I don't think that would be taken very well. And yet, spiritually, this is a compliment because the bride of Christ is a warrior bride. She is intimately in love and passionately pursuing her heavenly bridegroom, but she is fiercely and violently opposing 
her earthly enemy, and that is the prince of darkness and all his subordinate demons. There was an old covenant portion of the bride that fought primarily natural enemies with natural weapons to secure a natural promised land. But now in the new covenant, we fight with spiritual weapons against spiritual enemies to secure a spiritual promised land. The land comprised of all the 7,487 promises to be found and claimed and possessed in our spiritual land of promise, which is the Bible. The entirety of the Word of God contains that many promises. And as the bride of Christ, we've got to war against our enemies daily in order to seize upon these promises and see them manifested in our lives. And so, yes, it's true. The bride is represented as a company of two armies. Well, let's take it a little deeper now, because the word that is translated company there normally is translated dances or dancing. It's the Hebrew word mekolah. Some other versions of the Bible render this passage differently. And the word translated two armies is the word mahanaim. And where do we get that? That's from Genesis chapter 32, verses 1 and 2. And that's where Jacob was traveling through a kind of dangerous area. And as he went on his way, the Bible said the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim, which means two companies. And so apparently he was flanked by two companies of angels on either side protecting him on his journey, and that's where you get the name. Well, the bride of the Song of Solomon, the Shulamite, is referred to as the company of two armies, but other versions say the dance of Mahanaim which means the dance of two companies. I got completely stumped when I got to that point in my search into the meaning of this mysterious passage. And so I called a Messianic Jewish friend of mine. And I said, brother, I, I need your help. I want to understand what God is saying about the Shulamite in Song of Solomon 6.13. In the King James, it says she is the company of two armies. I got that. But then when you go to the Hebrew, it means that she is the dance of Mahanaim. I said, what is the dance of Mahanaim? He said, I don't know. He said, let me check my Encyclopedia Judaica. And when he went and opened it up, I heard him shouting on the other side of the room. I heard him saying, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. This is rich. Thank you, Yeshua. This is so rich. And he came back to the phone and he quoted to me out of that encyclopedia and listen to what it says, that the dance of Mahanaim may have been a dance performed by the bride on her wedding day while brandishing a sword in her right hand, symbolizing her defense against all other suitors but her chosen one. It's also been called the victory wedding dance. Woo, my spirit took off when I heard that explanation. The victory wedding dance, a dance where the bride brandishes a sword 
in front of the bridegroom and his company of dancers. And the bride and her company of dancers is representative of the bride of Christ with the sword, the two-edged sword of the word of God, fighting off everything in this world that is trying to woo us away from our intimate connection with the heavenly bridegroom. See, the Bible said, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it's a two-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And so not only does the word of God as a sword enable you to fight against external enemies, demonic powers, the world spirit around you, you take that same sword to dissect your own heart and slice between the spirit and the soul. The soul is the part of you that is full of the mind and the will and the emotions, that kind of internal activity that too often is contaminated with negatives like depression and fear and hatred and self-condemnation and guilt. But then the spirit part of you is infused with revelation from God. So you need the word really embedded inside of you to slice between those two and differentiate between what is soulish and what is spiritual. And the bride has to do that to be the attractive bride to her heavenly bridegroom that she needs to be. Now let's go to the meaning of the name Shulamite. It's actually the feminine of the word Solomon. Solomon was the one who wrote the Song of Solomon, which is also called the Song of Songs. And he, as king, is somewhat tied in with the symbol of that book that on an ultimate level represents the king of kings. But the name Solomon means peaceable one. And the name Shulamite, the name given to the bride, also means peaceable one. And so that, in essence, reveals how the bride, in order to be attractive to the bridegroom, takes on his image. He's the prince of peace. In the Hebrew, it's Sar Shalom. He is the prince of peace. And when he comes to reign in the heart of a repentant sinner, he brings the peace of God that passes understanding. But we, as his bridal company of representatives in this world, are called upon to extend his peace to a strife-filled world around us people that are broken and anxious and uptight and full of self-condemnation and self-degradation, and we bring to them the gospel of peace. And that's why the bride is called the Shulamite, the peaceable one, because we are the means by which the peace of God is extended to a world that is so, so full of strife and anxiety. Praise God. Now, I can see the Shulamite bride dancing across the pages of history. I go all the way back to the day when the children of Israel came through the Red Sea in that passageway created by God, and then the waters came crashing back in on the enemy army, the Pharaoh and his charioteers and his soldiers were drowned beneath the waters, and Miriam the prophetess and the women of Israel took off dancing on the sand dunes with their tambourines, saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord, the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea, and they were dancing a victory war dance. 
Well, that was the Shulamite bride. They were married to Yahweh of the old covenant in a covenant relationship and celebrating in a dance their jubilant love for him. And then you go further in old covenant history and you find the ark returning to Jerusalem from captivity from the hands of the Philistines and David bringing the ark to his tabernacle that he erected on Mount Zion in the city of David. And the Bible said David danced before the ark with all his might. And then there are exhortations in the word of God that we should praise him in a dance. In fact, there are more scriptures that tell God's people to praise him in a dance than there are scriptures telling us to praise him by clapping our hands. It's genuinely, authentically a part of a real worshipful approach to the heavenly bridegroom. So I see the Shulamite bride evidenced from that day of jubilation on the edge of the Red Sea to the tabernacle of David, to the priest who would worship God in that tabernacle, all the way up to the new covenant in every new covenant assembly where the glory of God falls and the people of God are ecstatically worshiping the Lord Jesus in a dance. That's the Shulamite bride spread across history. And we're dancing the victory wedding dance, the sword dance, where while we dance, we are celebrating our faith in the word of God and celebrating our position as his bride in the earth. Now, there are other names for the bride in the Song of Solomon that really speak deeply of our identity. He refers to us as his dove, his love, his undefiled. A dove is a very peaceful bird. It's a very non-threatening bird. It's a, a a bird that represents the nature of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, he came in the form of a dove. That bird of all the birds in the animal kingdom is very unique in the sound that it makes, the morning song of the dove. And see, the warrior bride feels this internal mourning, this grieving over a lost world that we are now charged to reach with the love of God. And just like the dove makes this constant mourning sound, so our hearts are gripped inwardly. We grieve, we mourn within ourselves for a fallen world. The dove, being a peaceful dove, speaks of our peaceful relationship with him. God said there'll come a time when my spirit will not always strive with man. And I believe that was a prophecy of the new covenant where the division, the barrier is broken. And in the Old Testament, often people would offer a sacrificial dove when they came to be reconciled to God. So not only is the Holy Spirit revealed as having dove-like qualities, the Son of God is represented as a dove, and the bride is represented as a dove. Because we receive these dove-like attributes from the Son of God, who was full of the Holy Spirit. And those attributes are passed down to his Shulamite bride. He also refers to us as his love. How much does he love us? He said, I love you with an everlasting love. In the eighth chapter, of the Song of Solomon, it talks about that love. Listen to it. The daughters of Jerusalem once again say, Who is this 
who comes up from the wilderness leaning upon her beloved. The bride goes on to say, set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death and jealousy as cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which has a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. That's the kind of love that the bridegroom has for the bride. He calls us his love. And he says that many waters cannot quench love. I read in the book of Revelation where the dragon spews out of his mouth a flood of waters to try and drown the woman clothed with the sun and the remnant of her seed, which have the testimony of Jesus Christ, and they keep the commandments of God. But many waters cannot quench love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not even the final attack of Satan on the church of the living God to try and destroy this earthly bridal company. Thank God for that. Thank God for the love that he has bestowed on us that is equal to the love that was bestowed on him. In John chapter 17, he said, Father, the glory you've given me, I have given them that the world may know you have loved them. Speaking of his people, even as you've loved me. Think of that. You are just as beloved of the Father as Jesus, the firstborn son. And you are part of that eternal bridal company who is referred to as his undefiled and as a seal upon his arm and a seal upon his heart. Now, we're going to be going into more of these symbolic representations of the bride of Christ in the next couple of weeks. You are the Shunammite. You are the peaceable one. You are his peacemakers in the world. You are dancing a victory war dance. You are brandishing the sword of the word of God in the face of of the enemies of your soul, you will emerge victorious and you will return to the Eden paradise that was once our inheritance in the very beginning when God planted a garden eastward in Eden. See, the daughters of Jerusalem said, return, return, O Shulamite. Where are we returning? We're returning to intimacy with the bridegroom and we're returning to a flawless and pristine paradise where peace will reign beyond description. Of the increase of his peace, there will be no end. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.